0: Welcome back everyone to what did I just watch a podcast where we try to figure out how much money would it take for a person to stop cursing for a day this is episode 4 and I am your host Andrew today if you can try to guess what this podcast spotlight I've seen on a Saturday night film is you can base it on the line I just gave you which you'll find out anyways within 20 minutes yeah, it's it's a weird one today. I also found it really interesting. So it's a movie that's pretty old, or at least a couple decades. But it's a fun one, so look forward to talking t- about that one. But let's get into some news. So I wanted to start off with some of the movie announcements, or at least like movie release dates that were shifted this week, which is, I believe, Universal? They shifted up their movie lineup. So I'll just go through them real quick. So Top Gun Maverick sequel to Top Gun will now be released on November 19th of this year. Mission Impossible 7 will be moving to May 27th of next year, 2022. And Mission Impossible 8 now will also be pushed back to right after Independence Day of 2023. And the Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe origin story, or as it's called, it's Snake Eyes colon G.I. Joe Origins is now going to be pushed forward into the July 23rd spot of this year, 2021. Next bit of news is Netflix has acquired Sony Pictures Films. So they can, what that means is basically Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, that will be coming out later this year, will be available to stream first on Netflix after it leaves theater. Most, if not all, Sony Pictures will be doing that as soon as their run in theaters are over. So, like Into the Spider Verse 2, which would be very fantastic to have. Uh, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because uh, Sony Pictures, they got some good stuff. Next bit of news is The Tomorrow War, which is a film that probably not a lot of people heard of, but it has someone that a lot of people have heard of Chris Pratt and My personal favorite, Betty Gilpin of the Glow Netflix series, uh, will be premiering on Amazon Prime Video in July. That's awesome. Looking forward to seeing that. Next bit of news is Sylvester Stallone will not be in Creed 3. The other news about that is Michael B. Jordan, who plays Apollo Creed's son in this series, Adonis, he'll be stepping into the director's chair To direct Creed 3. Which is so awesome. I can't wait. Since I've seen him in Chronicle. And then seeing him make progress. And just tear it up on the screen. It's just going to be fantastic. And he has a film coming out later this month. On Amazon Prime. I forget the name of it. But I'm pretty sure they'll start marketing that movie very soon. But yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Rocky is not in Creed 3. Does he die? Maybe. Maybe not. They kind of almost killed him in Creed 1. But they didn't so it's very likely they'll probably do it here to just get some rest well-deserved rest and just let adonis carry this franchise into the future and the last bit of news which is probably my most anticipated is black adam dwayne johnson's black adam is finally starting production or at least started filming camera started rolling this week and Oh, it's going to be arriving in theaters next year in July. And I cannot wait because I just want to see the suit. I want to see the suit reveal. When The the day they reveal that suit is the most hype I'm ever going to be for that film. Second to when the film actually gets released. But yeah, can't, can't wait to see that. And hopefully that suit reveal will be very soon. But with that, we'll just head into what did I just watch this week? I'm going to try to keep these new segments short because I know last week we had a super-sized episode. Uh, My good friend Michael was on last week and we just like to talk a lot and catch up. So I haven't had the chance to talk to him in a while and just ended up catching up kind of in a way with this podcast. On to what did I just watch this week. So this week I started with the movie I ended last week with which is Lady Bird because I kind of like took a nap towards the end, like the last half an hour to twenty minutes of this movie, uh when the day before. And then I just woke up and rewatched that rewatched the whole thing basically. But it, it was good. It was worth it. It's such a short film, such a great film about just being a kid growing up and felt myself very, very relatable to this movie and to Shirsa Ronin's character. Next film is Carol with Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett and love me some Kate Blanchett cuz she's just phenomenal in everything that she's in especially Benjamin Button but even here she's more phenomenal but uh just a story about love and that you can't you can't stop love no matter how strong it is and it's it's such a good movie such a good movie Next film is Cube so I don't think I've stated on this podcast what my favorite kind of film is, but it's like a single-setting film where imagine a bottle episode of a television show and expand that into a concept of a movie. And with Cube, it takes place in Giant Cube, and you get very limited characters. I think there was about six characters in here. And you just let the story play out. And yeah, it's it's a great Great film, uh, with such limited options, and they basically use. Looks like they use the same set for each, each room that they're in. But it's you. You only ever see the inside of the cube, and then yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's such a great film. You should see I think it's on, IMDb's, TV. It's free with ads, but uh, it's it's great. It's such a great movie. It's pretty short, and I highly recommend it for just basic filmmaking S- similar to last week i saw a movie called coherence for uh what did i just watched the, for the week and it's very similar to coherence where it's single setting and limited to just characters interacting here the acting isn't as good as it was in coherence but that's forgivable it's it's just the the dialogue is what counted even though some of the dialogue was a little bit cheesy but it was such a good concept and yeah i, I won't say anymore. Very great film. Check it out if you can. The next two films, which they're both old school silent films, both by Charlie Chaplin himself. First one is The Kid. Touching. Didn't think that could happen, but I guess it did. It it was very, very touching film in some ways. I enjoyed it. I'll say that. Did I cry? Maybe a little bit internally, but it, it was great. It was great. Next film is The Circus, also by Charlie Chaplin. Um, he joins the circus to, to hide from the police, but he just ran with it. <laughs> and then chaos ensues and silly stuff happens where he ends up on a there's a wire that's like 20 feet in the air. And he ends up crossing it. And at one point, there's a the safety harness that snaps off him. And he doesn't know for like 20 seconds. And then it ends up dangling in front of him. And then hilarity ensues. So that was funny. Next film is Boss Level, another one of my favorite genres. I mean, I guess I have two favorites. First one is the single setting one, but this one is uh, Time Loops. So, akin to Groundhog Day, my favorite film of all time, or at least one of my favorite. But Boss Level is basically Groundhog's Day, but with action. So, Frank Grillo is in here, and a very limited Mel Gibson is in this film, but... It's basically Frank Grillo trying to find out who killed his wife. And, and that's it. You, he, he, he's a great physical actor. He, like, he knows his stuff. And he probably does most of his own stunts. So it's pretty great film if you are a fan of Time Loops or just Groundhog Day. But with a little actions, action scenes and physicality sprinkled onto the top. It, it was pretty great. Last film is Point Break. The old version one, no, not the old version, the '91 version, not the new one. Even though I saw part of the new one, but we're talking about the old one here. So Keanu Reeves, fantastic as usual, and Patrick Swayze, just oozing charisma in this, and I love it. I'll probably need to rewatch it because I got, I got in my, in my sleepy position here. But I saw most of this film, and just Keanu <laughs> felt like he brought some of bill and ted into this with the with the surfer attitude but patrick swayze is just smooth and charismatic as ever and i miss him but i'll probably try to re-watch some of the stuff he's in maybe ghost or dirty dancing no is he in dirty dancing maybe i'm mixing that up but yeah it's patrick swayze keanu reeves two dudes just forming a relationship and one of them it's not a real relationship to them Keanu Reeves because he's a cop trying to figure out who who robbed the bank and he thinks it's some surfers and he thinks it's Swayze and he's correct so yeah it's great film very very 90s but i enjoyed it because of Keanu and Swayze but um definitely check it out if you can so with that we're going to get into as seen on a saturday night featured film which is Demolition Man. Yes, this week is 1993's Demolition Man with none other than Sylvester Stallone and my favorite, Wesley Snipes. So, if you couldn't figure it out from that first line, which I believe I said a podcast about how much you're willing to pay or trying to figure out how much money would someone take to not curse for a day, well, that's funny because in this film... The funniest one of the funniest moments is that there is a moral statute machine that dishes out a ticket for someone who curses, and they say you are fined one credit for violating the verbal morality statute. Which I found was the funniest part because there's a scene in it where Stallone, who is a fish out of the water in this scenario in this whole movie, he He kept cursing, like spewing out ten per per minute, and he the machine was just dishing out ticket after ticket, and I just found it really funny. And it's a point that I wanted to bring up and briefly talk about is, like, in the movie, it it like you can hear there's there's a certain scene in that film where you don't you can tell. How the machine looks, because it's just in the supermarket. You know, in the old school supermarkets, I think in the early two thousands, they have these coupon machines where you pull up coupon and then it would just dish out another coupon, and it looks similar to that. It just like uh, kept spewing out tickets as the loan kept cursing, but you don't ever ever see one in every single scene. But when Stallone would say it, you would quietly hear the audio in the background saying, oh, you you have been fined one credit for violating the verbal morality statute. And I thought that was just the funniest thing. And it would be prefaced with a siren of sorts. It would be like, eh, you have been fined one credit for violating the verbal morality statute. And oh, it's just the funniest funniest thing in this movie. But, and other things, among other things, which... The second one I wanted, second point I wanted to talk about is just Wesley Snipes is fantastic. He didn't like his hair, and I thought it was fine. It just reminded me of like a blonde Blade, and funny enough, he didn't like the haircut so much that he shaved as soon as filming was done, which I found really funny. But the hairstyle is very similar to Blade. It's like a, a fade, or it's just it just looks so cool. I just thought Wesley Snipes was one of the funniest characters in here. Along with uh, Sandra Bullock and Rob Schneider, I think, was in this film. He was in it for like two minutes. Yeah, everyone in the future in this film was very, very funny. And it was a very weird future that Stallone woke up to because obviously you can't curse with the machines around. And you can, but raises the question, how much is someone willing to pay to curse or not curse. And apparently, obviously, Stallone won't care. Because his character doesn't give a crap. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a funny point. And the, the, the future that he, he woke up to also had... <laughs> they never answered this either. Was using the toilet. And there was no toilet paper. And he would. he told Sandra Bullock in one scene. So there's three seashells how how does that work and then he was laughed at for not knowing how it works I, I don't know how it works nobody knows how it works it was never explained in the film how it works and i read theory on how it worked but i'm not going to explain it cuz it's gross but we'll, we'll we'll skip to another topic in this movie which is the city that he he woke up in was merged it was called san angeles which is a merger of Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara, <laughs> which I just found that's interesting. I feel like San Angeles is actually a city, but who am I? I'm not. I never. I've never been to California, so I don't know. Maybe there is a city named San Angeles, but sounds cool. Must be a big city. I mean, and Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara, from what I understand, is not that not that close together. So it must have been a big area. But yeah, this, this society that he woke up to was very nonviolent. Another funny thing to point up is... Bring up is... Uh, they didn't touch. And I'll get to that, which... First thing is, they don't touch as in no handshakes. To greet someone, it was sort of like washing a window. And... <laughs> It was a scene with Rob Schneider and Sandra Bullock where when they saw each other and they greeted, they were like wiping an invisible window that was in front of them and their hands basically followed one another. Just imagine Karate Kid wax on, wax off, but you're doing it uh, in front of someone. It was just so weird, but I just thought it was really funny. And of course, no fighting. There was no violence. So imagine when Wesley Snipes' character shows up or gets defrost for parole he he causes a ruckus which i love because he's he's so funny and there is uh no intercourse in this film at least not in the traditional sense because you would wear a vr headset which gave me ready player one vibes without the haptic suits but i just thought it was really funny because sandra bullock initiated intercourse and stallone was like yeah why not and then she gave him a headset and he was wondering what is this and she was she was she responded for intercourse for sex and he was like oh what confused and uh the humor in this was <laughs> was very sterile it's funny and a last point i wanted to bring up i think this is going to be a very short episode cuz i wanted to breeze through everything but the most interesting thing In this movie. Was. There was no restaurant. Other than Taco Bell. And they explained that. With. It won the food franchise war. Which I thought was. Hilarious. And definitely I can't relate. Because I don't eat Taco Bell. I don't think I had Taco Bell. But. For those who saw the movie. Outside of the US. When this was released. It wasn't Taco Bell. Because of it's. Lack of popularity outside of the U.S. So for the places that released Demolition Man in theaters when this came out. It was replaced with Pizza Hut. Which I'm a bigger fan of. Even though I only had it once. But I'm a fan of pizza. So I would agree with Pizza Hut over Taco Bell. And I just thought it was interesting. That they would use Taco Bell. And what's funny is they treated Taco Bell like it was a Michelin restaurant. You had to dress up in tuxedos or high class attire like a a gown and if not it would it was just it was just so weird seeing taco bell treated with such respect i guess or class i guess is is the word i'm looking for something i never thought i would see and just i couldn't stop laughing because it was it was just weird seeing a fast food restaurant Treated like it was Michelin status. So something I never thought I would see, but hey, you never know. Maybe we'll get a tiny tortilla wrap with some corn put onto it, which is, which is another thing. They showed one shot of what the food, how the food was served, which is silver plate. And on the plate was three tortilla wraps, probably the size of a cell phone and sprinkled with some some corn some diced tomatoes and some greens and I thought that was wow okay that is nothing like Taco Bell but those are ingredients that Taco Bell uses I'm sure but that is not Taco Bell that's there's there's no essence of Taco Bell in there but this is coming from someone who's never had Taco Bell but I want to talk about one more thing which is the moral statute machine and how much or at least i guess it's different for each person and how much expletives are said in their daily lives but how much is someone willing to pay to not curse for the day that's that's a question that's interesting i mean i would guess not a lot cuz expletives are used for expression it's a stronger form of express to express a, a feeling you know, like if you're feeling super, super excited, you would use expletives to express that and amplify it how how it felt. So I can I can understand that. But, you know, it people, it's going to be like a freedom of speech thing because it's not bad. It's, it's not it's not bad to curse or say expletives. It's just time and place for it. Um, and I'm in no way advocating limiting someone someone's speech just because it's. I mean, uh, it's it's a weird topic, and I don't want to get in there. But I'm just curious. I would say for me, you know what? As someone who doesn't really use expletives too much in my daily life, I would I would take a dollar. Maybe I won't even fifty cents. I don't know. It's 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 not something that would bother me. I I can go with and without expletives for the day. So <laughs> I guess for me, to answer that my own question, a dollar. I'll I'll take a dollar to not cursed. Maybe less or penny. I don't. I don't want to touch coins. Who uses coins? But that's that's not topic. What we're getting on. But uh, I guess I'll say a dollar. A dollar. I'll take a dollar to knockers. You know, buy a nice Arizona iced tea or <laughs> bottle of water with that. And also, how does how does the machine, the statue machine, classify its vulgarity? You know. There's some words that can't exactly be considered expletives. You know, like bastard. That's not an expletive. It's it can be used as to describe illegitimate son, right? You know, Game of Thrones like using that word. Or I don't want to say it because um, it's, it's a strong word, at least to me. But a female dog. You know, there's a there's another word to describe that. I mean, that's and that's not considered an expletive. But I don't like to say it. It's just it's just the connotation for that word is usually. And the context it's used in is usually uh, not very kind. I guess it's in, it's popularized to use to, to demoralize someone. I guess, and I guess maybe that 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 would be. I don't, and I think he actually that word is spoken a few times in the movie, and not a find was there was no ticket given, which I guess I guess maybe that that that's a, that's a good call. I, I would I would agree with that. That's cool. Yeah, and also. What, one last quick thing I wanted to say about this film, which is um, the, the whole Taco Bell thing, which, would, which this is going to relate to the charity foundation that I'll be donating to this year. And I mean, not this year, uh, to, for this episode. And hopefully you guys can too. And this week is, uh, is food related. And it's, it's uh, Meals on Wheels America. And it relates to what the last topic I wanted to bring up for this film before we close out the show. And it's Dennis Leary's character. He He's kind of uh, classified in this film as the... I, <laughs> I forget the name they used, but I guess I'll call it sewer people. And it's like lower class in this scenario. And they were... And I'm using air quote here. Robbing uh, a car. But it's a car full of food. Excess food. And the people who who were going to the Taco Bell the Taco Bell Michelin restaurant were kind of berating Dennis Leary and his his uh group of people not not group but like a sort of almost society of people that were just trying to get food for the kids and the kids that they had in their society cuz there's not enough food for them while there's all this extra food just sitting sitting up here not being used and I just thought it was a great point that they showed it's it doesn't go any further than that unfortunately but I just thought it was a good point that they brought up about how just sometimes people don't have enough to eat and it it sucks but uh yeah that's why this week I chose Meals on Wheels America because you know sometimes people are not as fortunate to have food on the table and enough to eat for the day and it's unfortunate so uh this week i will be making my weekly donation to the meals on wheels america foundation and if you want more information i'll have them in the show notes but their website is MealsOnWheelsAmerica.org, and i hope you can make a donation if you can and i've been i didn't mention it the last two weeks but I'll try to remember to bringing it up in each episode, the foundation that I will be donating to for that week. So hopefully you can too. If you can't, that's fine. And that's cool. If not, just spread the word about it. But we'll try to do the best we can. And with that, I'll just leave a couple couple things before we go, which is if you are new to... If you are a new listener, hello. Uh, How are you doing? Thank you for listening. Uh, You can follow this podcast... On the social, me- social media at WDIJWPOD on Twitter and Instagram. And I'll post some stuff sometimes on there. Uh, I, I haven't really posted too much other than a new episode alert, but I'll try to keep posting on there, you know, interacting with everyone. But uh, I'll try to be more active on there other than posting new episode alerts so hopefully i'll see you there and i'll talk to you guys next week and if you haven't check out the show notes for all the information i i said about the meals on wheels charity foundation and the social media and everything else so i'll talk to you guys next week have a good day